know, I'm going to tackle, I think, I, I wanted to kind of tackle a couple of the cues. You know, I said uh, last night, if you weren't here, Emerge School of Transformation is something that, I mean, it really is, uh, it's like the baby that's taken a lifetime to birth. <laughs> you know, it took two years to write the curriculum. It took an untold number of hours of confronting my own unbelief and my own insecurities and my own wrong ideas about the, the gospel and my upbringing. And it was my own personal mind renewal process, you know, and I don't know about you, but my mind renewal process has not always been pretty. Right? Like some of those lessons are kind of messy, you know, before you kind of wake up and realize you were wrong or whatever. Like the repentance process for me has not always been like super clean and smooth and straight. So I, I may be down the only one, you know, but anyway, it's been a just, a, it's been a, a labor of love that has really, and I think this is true with anything that ultimately that we really are going to commit our lives to doing. Like we're going to just lay down our lives for the cause of Christ. And we're going to answer, we're going to say yes. And we're, but you know, it's not all, you know, when I, when I say, I'm not trying to be down, but you know, you just, because we have to confront, I mean, unbelief is the only problem we got. Can, can I just say that again? Unbelief is the only problem that we actually have because Jesus has solved all the problems. He solved every problem. And so the only problem is that we don't believe, we don't know it. We haven't realized it. We haven't recognized it. We haven't experienced it. And we're not, so therefore we're not living it, you know? And, but I think, I, I'm saying that to say it is the most rewarding thing that I've ever done too. Because it really is revealing Christ in you. <laughs> and um, I'm going to kind of break some things out this afternoon. Just um, the, the program I say yesterday is not, it's not a ministry school. It's not a, a Bible school. It's a school of transformation. It's a school, I like to say, of supernatural mind renewal. Right? I believe, I believe even mind renewal is not a work. Okay, I believe that there is grace and that Jesus is the master mind renewer. Right? He's a master at changing the way we think and repenting. <laughs> you know, helping, uh, doing that. Repenting. Because, you know, it's, it, he's, it's joyous when he's in it. You know, like he never corrects you, like, I, you know, with a spanking. He corrects you with like a treat. You know what I mean? Like, here, come eat this good little goodie right here. And you're going to feel so much better. You know what I mean? Like he just, it, it's, it, he draw. he says, you know, his goodness draws us to repentance. And so the school really is about the transfiguration your, your own personal transfiguration, where the, all that glory and that goodness and that heaven and the kingdom and your daddy and Holy Ghost and Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead that's stuck inside of there and trapped by our unread mind, right? Like getting all that out of the way so it can come out, right? So that's what that's, this is what this school is all about. It's about you experiencing the gospel, it's about you actually stepping into the life that displays the, the Father's glory, that displays the inheritance that's in the saints. And, you know, when we, when, when we, when I said, when I say we, when Jesus and me and Daddy and Holy Ghost sat down and, you know, began to, I got impregnated with this thing, 
it, it started to form around these five questions. You know, I, the thing I love about learning with God is that it's a conversation. You know, it's not a, it's not a book report that you go read independent. You know, you go read your Bible and then you recite it back and, you know, like a spelling bee or something. No, it's a conversation. And he knows exactly how to talk to you where you are. He, you know, he just knows it's so individualized. It's like homeschool, you know, in heaven. And, you know, he, we started forming around this conversation. Uh, and he started forming around the, these five questions. I call them the big cues of life. And, you know, they're questions that, we, that every human being, whether they want to admit it or not, is asking themselves at some point in their life. Some of them they may not ask until their deathbed. I mean, you know, just you, you can run from them, you can try, but they're just kind of nagging at you. And the five questions, the first one is, who is God? The second one is, who am I? The third one is, why am I here? The fourth one is, where am I headed? And the fifth one is, how do I get there? And Rachel's, her little, you know, little emerger deal there just went through her answers to those five questions. And everybody has a different experience coming out of the school because it's their own personal conversation. And here's what I love, is that we all have, as John says, a theology about God. Okay, we, we have our own, and whether you realize it or not, whether we recognize it or not, we, I, we have at least one thing wrong. Right? We all are total heretics. Just at least one. I mean, I'm sure it's not more than one. But we at least have one maybe little in misconception or maybe we've, we've dummied, it, dummied it down just a little bit. Maybe we've made God a little smaller than he actually is. Right? I always even say this. This is one of my favorite little quizzes. You know, most people, whether they realize it or not, by default, fellowship with one member of the Trinity more than the others. So we got, you know, like your Jesus freaks, your like, you know, bride of Christ, Jesus, we're all Jesus people, or elder, like they're just, you know, you talk to Jesus the most. You know, then you've got the father people that really relate to God as father, and they're, you know, when they pray, it's father, father. Then you've got like the Benny Hinn people, right, with the Holy Spirit. The Catherine Coleman, Holy Spirit, right? But the truth is, by default, most of us, we just relate, you know, more naturally, if you will. We gravitate naturally, subconsciously, let me say it this way, subconsciously to one member of the Trinity. Now, so how many of you just subconsciously, and I know if you've been around, you, 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 you just... If you've been around this with me and you've already broken through this, then just raise your hand as the person that you used to relate to most naturally. All right? So if you are typically a Jesus person, like you primarily gravitate to talking to Jesus and fellowshipping with Jesus, raise your hand. So look around the room. All right? It's usually about a third and a third and a third. We'll see if you're normal or abnormal. Okay? How about Father God people? How many people are daddy? Okay, look around the room. Yeah, about a third. And then how many of you are Holy Spirit people? Okay, fewer Holy Spirit, few, right? But, but still, a pretty, is it, see, but listen, why? Why? Why are you not experiencing more of the fullness 
of a Godhead. Because let me say this, you're missing out. If your fellowship with Holy Spirit is so amazing, you know, and, and why? Why is, why is that? And not that, not that there's anything wrong with you, I'm just saying there's more to know. There is more to experience. There is more of what, who you are in Christ for you to become gnoscoed with. <laughs> for you to get intimately familiar with to the point that it is like you're having intercourse with the truth. Because that word gnosko, which is the Greek word for know, right? Is a knowing that is not intellectually knowing. You, we, we, yeah, it's like John was saying, like we intellectually believe the Bible. But that's not, that's not what transforms us. What transfigures us. Because when you say the word transformation, it acts like maybe you're changing into something that you don't already have. Transfiguration is a much better description of what mind renewal accomplishes in your life. Because you aren't getting anything through renewing your mind. You are releasing and experiencing what is already true about you. It's an awakening. It's the experiencing of what Jesus accomplished already for you. So I want to, I want to start. So this, the first cue in emerges, who is God? And it's amazing to me that like our first kind of, I don't know, even myself when you say who is God, like our first kind of reaction is, well, I know God. I know God. You know, we'll, we'll spit out what we know about God. Well, still, that's a small fraction. It's a very small fraction. And I'm telling you, it's going to, I mean, we've got an eternity to explore. You know, I really believe that. I, I believe that we're, it's an inexhaustible, immeasurable, unsearchable riches. Infinity of goodness. Infinity of delight. Infinity of pleasure. And his right hand pleasures forevermore. Forevermore discovering and experiencing and delighting and being blown away and filled with wonder and, and just, ah! Like, like I, I, you know, it's just too much. It's too much. When I was a partier, I was stupid. I mean, I, you know, I'm not sometimes that bright now, but I was really stupid then. I used to have this motto. And this motto was, too much is never enough. Stupid motto for a partier. But it's an excellent motto for the bride of Christ. Right? Because that's who our God is. It's too much. It's, 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 he's too much. I mean, it's too much to comprehend. It's too much. It's too much goodness. But we stay in that place of it's never enough. Because I want to know more. And the more you know, the more you want to know. And the more you experience, the more you want to experience. It's like the addiction, the root of addiction is from him. You know, we, were, we, are, we are born to be addicted to the goodness of God, to the pleasure of God, to the bliss of God, to the knowledge of God, to the experience of, of what, oh, just all that he is, of love. And they become words. Like we say them, we say the words, but it's until, I mean, when you experience, there is no words. There are no words. There are no words for experiencing it. You just are overdone, you're undone, you're overwhelmed, you're transformed, you're transfigured, you're, you become something that you, you don't even, you don't even have an expression for it. Like how do you really describe, but let me just say this for the women, the pleasure of chocolate. 
I mean, you can try to explain how good it tastes, but you have to actually experience chocolate to really enjoy chocolate. Like, if I just tell you about chocolate or you intellectually know about chocolate, you don't, you can't really, you know what I mean? Like, really, you, you don't know chocolate. You know about chocolate. All right? Now, boys, what about, as John says, I can't do it, but, right? You can talk about it. You can, right? But until you experience it, you really don't, you know, you don't know it. And I believe that was Paul, the Apostle Paul was like, I feel like that was his constant prayer for people. You know, in Ephesians 1, I'm going to go there because I feel like the first cue in Emerge is like helping this prayer get answered in your life. And Ephesians, uh, in the, sorry, I'm going to find my, okay, so in Ephesians chapter 1, I'll start in verse 15. Uh, This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Ephesus. He says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And then here's his prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of of him. Okay, I'm just going to read it in another translation. I'm going to read in the Amplified Bible because I like the way it amplifies the, the knowing or the knowledge. It says, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And here's the amplification. That gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For we know the Father through the Son. And let me say this, that knowing is not like we know, you know, Oprah. You know, like we know, like, you know, everyone feels like we all know celebrities now. I mean, I swear, Brian got hooked on watching Friends. Like, I don't know how long it took him to go through, like, the whole Netflix marathon, but I swear I would have to tell him, they are actually not your friends. Like, you know, like, I know you've watched so much of this show. You're talking, like, they're on first name basis, right? You know, and I just like, dude, they're not your friends. It's a TV show, right? Like, we, I say Miley. Like we, like, we know my. oh, you know Miley. She's crazy. Miley. Or what, you know, like I just throw these names up because we just live in such a, we're all voyeurs. You know what I mean? Into these, you know, we have Instagram, we have all this stuff that we just get to be voyeurs into everybody's life. And so we have this false idea that we know people that we don't even know. And we can, you can sit in church your whole life. How do I know? Because I did. I was in church every single week as a kid. Every single week. And I didn't know God. Like that is, a, that, that is so wrong. That is so wrong. Like, I mean, the very first thing we should learn when we, be, you know, finally get, wake up to the message of Jesus crucified is, like, how to commune with him. Like, how, here's void. You know, like, we should learn, like, hey, this is intimate. This is, this is the most intimate relationship of your life. This is the guy that knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows what your words you're going to say before you speak them. 
I mean, he knows everything about you. Freckles, number of fre- hairs, freckles, birthmarks, right? He knows everything about us. And I, I just believe because, this, think about this, in marriage, think about the pictures here. We're the body of Christ and we're the bride of Christ. Those are both pictures of union. Those are both pictures of oneness. Those are both, are, those are absolutely pictures of the Trinity, the three in one. It's all about this, this intimacy, this union, and it's inside out. And so we get to know, we don't have the mind of Christ like it's some kind of, you know, that pops in your head and you get a word of knowledge. No, we have the mind of Christ because we're in him. We can hear his thoughts because we're living in his head. And he knows ours before we think them. So it's just this place, this beautiful cadence of life with him, in him. And it just, it's, it's no, it's a knowing. And that was, that's what Paul was saying. Like, I want intimate, experiential knowledge. Other places, you know, he says, I want you to experience the love of God. The height, the depth, the breadth. And I want the kind of experience, I want you to experience, because experience trumps knowledge. Experience. 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 And you know, you know how many people I just talk with on a regular basis. I mean, I was doing my webinar this last Thursday, and you know, the little chat thing was coming in, and there was this precious lady, you know, who was just like, I just so desperately want to encounter the love of God. And I, you know, as someone who used to not encounter the love of God and then now encounter the love of God. You know, I don't know if you remember what it was like. I actually remember. <laughs> you know? And, and I, you know, don't you just, even like with kids sometimes, don't you just wish you could unzip them, put a whole bunch of, not, you know, just wisdom and knowledge and then zip them back up and send them on their way. You know? But experiences, you guys, experiences are ultimately, I believe, the best teacher. It's honestly how we learned all the garbage in the first place. <laughs> right? We experienced rejection. And so we started to believe we we're, you know, not worth anything. We experienced all kinds of stuff in our lives. And we learned, I mean, as little kids, you don't know any better, right? You experience a bully at school or you, you know, and you just start to form this world paradigm of who is God, who am I, what's possible for my life. And we put boxes around little things and we fit, you know, we just have paradigm after paradigm after paradigm about God and about the church, about just everything, you know. But we, the Holy Spirit is the, he's the revealer. He's the manifester of truth. He's the one, he's the teacher. He, he comes and he enlightens eyes. That's the second part of what Paul says here. He's like, first of all, I want this, I want the Holy Spirit to come and help you be intimate with God. So Holy Spirit, this is my prayer. Holy Spirit, help them be intimate. You know, before we worship today, I said, I just am releasing an impartation of experiential union. Experiential union. It is the most life transforming, life transfiguring experience in the world. It changes everything in an instant. In an instant. You know, and I know this because, you know, I, John was like, this is who John is for me. John says everything I wish I could say. And he writes it in this book. And it's like he took, he's put this theological underpinning 
under something that is extremely hard to honestly, once you've, it's, it's hard to explain. I mean, but he does it in such an eloquent, intelligent, fun way, you know, it, it, because what happened to me, and I'll just give a little bit of my testimony. I grew, I mean, I, you know, I could go back. I mean, I'm adopted. I had three dads by the time I was three, right? I had my birth dad. I had the first dad that my uh, mom was married to. And then I had the dad that I call dad who raised me, right? Um, grew up in a very traditional Southern Baptist background. You know, it's funny. I was saved, probably saved. Okay, I was saved when I was... Uh, pre-kindergarten, maybe kindergarten, very young. I was always a very sensitive kid. And I remember um, the first time I ever heard the gospel. It's pretty interesting. Because I didn't hear good news. I was a little kid who was a sinner. And it, it, was, it was a horrible thing to recognize who I was. I remember being so ashamed I remember being scared to death of hell. I remember, honestly, just the worst feelings. And it was interesting because I had a little cross necklace that my kid, that my mom had bought me. I don't remember what. And I, I was doing this with it, like putting it in my mouth. I could, right? Now my mom always told me, "Don't do that. You're going to swallow it." Well, guess what? I'm hearing the gospel for the very first time, and I swallow this cross. I kid you not. Well, let me tell you what happens when little kids swallow crosses. They have to go to the doctor, and then your parents have to do what is necessary to make sure that it passes. Okay, this is a parent's love, is it not? Like only your parents would do this for you, right? So horrible, like it was a horrible experience, a horrible experience. Well, you know, years later, years later, Jesus told me this. He said, you know, he kind of brought me back to that place. And he said, you know, you know, that first time you heard the gospel when you were like five, he's like, yeah, he's like, that was a bunch of caca, wasn't it? Because I swallowed a load of caca. Because that was not the gospel. And I tell you what, it didn't bear the fruit of the gospel in my life. By 14, I'm tripping on acid. At school. You know, I gave up in ninth grade. Trying to please God. I remember the classroom I was sitting in. Ninth grade, I was like, man, this good girl stuff, this is getting you nowhere. I mean, I mean, you might as well have fun. I mean, no matter what I do, it's never good enough. No matter how hard I try, I never, ever live up, you know? This, and I just remember just being like, so forget it, right? And fun was going to be the name of the game. So I changed lanes and put myself in the driver's seat and made, you know, just, just, it was all about fun. All about fun. 
And here's the thing. I lost an enormous amount of time because I heard a false gospel. I remember getting, I was so mad the first time I got drunk in the spirit. Like I was happy when I was drunk. But then like when I sobered up, I was so mad. I was mad at the church. I was mad at the garbage that I had been fed, that I had been spoon-fed for years and years and wasted, wasted years because I had swallowed this load of crap that, that the gospel somehow was something it wasn't. And I had been robbed of fun. I'd been robbed of pa- the party. I'd been robbed of what I, like, the pure pleasure. The pure pleasure. I had, it had been stolen from me by well-meaning people who painted a portrait of Jesus that looked nothing like Jesus. I remember one time Jesus said to me, he said, you know, you never rebelled against me. He's like, you rebelled against an image of me that wasn't me. He said, I rebelled against it too. He said, keep on rebelling, girl. Keep on rebelling. Rebel against everything that is associated with the spirit of religion. Rebel. Start a revolution. Because it's garbage. It's garbage. And it's infected this country. It's infected the church. It's infected us. That's why we need a vaccine. We need to get, we got to get inoculated from this religious spirit, inoculated against this joy stealing party, buzzkill, just false portrayal of God in the gospel. Amen? And that was Paul's prayer. Then I love the second part of this because then he says, second part of his prayer, and I'll just finish reading this, the amplified here. It says, and I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened. The enlightenment is not a new age concept. Right? It's not Buddha or Dalai Lama. Right? The enlightenment is a Jesus deal. And he wants our our, our hearts to be flooded with light by the Holy Spirit so that you will know And cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you. And here's the calling. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Your calling is to be conformed to the very image of God. This glory, this unspeakable glory. How much glory is in the Father? How much glory is in Jesus? How much glory does the Holy Spirit carry? How much glory is inside of you? I say this sometimes. I say, if we peeled the seen realm back right now, like if I could just, right? And you were just sitting there like in all your glory, all your glory, just transfigured right here, right here in this room. And we just were all like, we would just, first of all, we would have to resist the urge to worship each other. There'd be no more competition. It would just totally fly out the door because we would be so enthralled with the beauty. We'd be just wouldn't be able to look away. So enthralled with the glory of this one right here. You just would just want to. But wait, we're one. We're one. So there's something in her that reveals Jesus, but it's also, I mean, this, it's, oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. This oneness, this union. And the only thing that's veiling it right now 
It's just our little minds. Just our little minds. And so Paul's like flood the, the, their hearts with light. But, you know, there's a Brian Simmons translation. I like the way he says it kind of the best because it's kind of really easy to understand. Uh, he said this. Let me make sure I'm in the right spot. He said it this way. He said, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of our great hope of glory. I'm going to read it to you again. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of our great hope of glory. Now, I'm going to come back to this because I I want to go to Colossians really quick because I want you to know the hope of your glory. And Colossians 1.27, it tells you the, the hope of your glory, right? And you already know it. You're here. You've heard it already. So it's a cheating test. But it says, uh, uh, let me get my, sometimes these iPads are like too slow. Here we go. To them God willed to be known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, if you go back to Ephesians and look at it again, he's praying that the eyes of your understanding is what it says in the King James Version. Your heart flooded with light is what it says in the Amplified. In in Brian Simmons' Passion Translation, he says that your imagination would be flooded with light. And I think the imagination word is the best way to understand it because the eyes of your understanding is your imagination. It's the ability to think in pictures. It's the ability to move beyond what we see with our physical eyes and see something that we want to see that is not part of a physical realm. I mean, it's where artists create, right? It's where when we read a book, it comes to life, right? You can read a novel and all of a sudden you're transported into another time and another place Because you're imagining what the writer has written, right? And so this place where your imagination is flooded with light is is the key to me that helps open the door to this experiential, contemplative place where you are experiencing the scripture. You're experiencing the hope. You're You're able to see Jesus. You're able to let Holy Spirit, he said, he said he would manifest Jesus to us. And so we can, we can begin to let the Holy Spirit begin to bring the truth of the gospel alive to us in an experiential, imaginative, movie screen way that may feel like you're making it up. It may feel a little like this is contrived or something. But I can tell you right now that, first of all, the Holy, if, you're one with, if you're one with God, you're one with the Holy Spirit right now, he has an imagination, you have an imagination, if you can just be free enough to just go with it, 
and let the Holy Spirit begin to teach you, like, how to experience this. See, the way it worked for me, see, I wasn't taught this. It worked for me because I think I just was exhausting God. And I don't know that he gets tired, but if someone could, I think I would have. And I was at a place, you know, you just can't work up enough flesh and striving and trying to please God and trying to do ministry and trying to work the formulas and trying to, I mean, I mean, it's exhausting trying to do everything they tell you you're supposed to do as a Christian. No wonder we've lost our joy. You know what I mean? You got a 10 steps for everything to receive, to, to release, to enjoy, to, you know what I mean? To pray for the sick, to prophesy. You just, it's exhausting. And I, I was at the time I was, I had just been, it was my first kind of real ministry experience. And I was in this really, I was an altar minister in this really big church. And this church attracted a ton. It was in Chicago. And it just attracted a ton of, like, gangbanger. I mean, off the south side. I mean, they were these were people coming in that did not need, like, some nice little, you know, prayer. Like, they needed the power of God to show up. And here I was, this altar minister, and I felt completely inadequate. Like, I was not, why I'm even up here, why they picked me. This is a bad choice. And so I would literally pray in tongues the entire service leading up to the time that I had to pray for people because I was just so freaked out that I wouldn't have something to help these people that were in desperate need of something. And I was doing that week after week, you know, it was just exhausting, honestly, stressful, fearful, just not, not the right place. And so this is the first time the Holy Spirit did this for me, but he said, I want you to take the next year and I just want you to stay on this one scripture in Colossians 1.27. I want, you're not going to read the Bible in a year. Throw out that Bible reading plan, right? Just throw that out. You know, this isn't about how many times you read through the Bible, how much scripture you know, you can memorize and spout out, right? It's what do you actually know? What do you actually know? After all that Bible study, after all those hours of sitting in church, after all that, what do you actually know? And by know, he meant what is actually has an effortless being. It's an effortless being. We're not trying to be joyful. That's not joy. We're not trying to be patient. That's not patient. Right? We're not trying to have the fruit of the Spirit. That's not the fruit of the spirit. I mean, God's not up there trying to love you. I'm just going to, I'm going to overlook that offense. I'm going to overlook that offense and I'm just going to love you, sister, because I'm love. No, I mean, he's not trying to love us. Do you mean? It's not an, there's no, there's an, it's an effortless way of being. And I believe with all of my heart that that's what Jesus came to give us. An effortless way of being. What an incredible gift. And so he said, I'm just one, one whole year. Well, you know, I didn't even really know what to do. Like, you know, I had, tech, I had 10 steps for meditation, right? 
So I'm going to get my 10 steps of meditation. I'm going to learn. I'm going to meditate this scripture, right? Like, how, you know, how exciting that is. For how long is that exciting? Like, right? That is, that's just exhausting. So finally, it was just like, I just came to this point. Like, I don't even know how to do that. Like, I just, I, so, help, help, right? And he's like, why don't you just go stand in front of the mirror? I'm like, okay. He's like, why don't you stand there till you can see it? Well, I mean, I don't think he meant like consecutive days or anything. <laughs> Thank God, because I probably would have been there for the whole year. But it was this idea of like, because he was trying to get me to confront the way I saw myself. And a lot of times we don't even recognize we're doing it. But when, you know, sometimes that mirror, that mirror exercise, you know, when you first start, you're just kind of like, ooh. Because he's confronting you, like say, no, Christ is in you. But you, you can't see it. You can't see with your physical eyes, you're, you know. So what, what do you do? You can't see it. Well, Holy Spirit said, enlighten eyes of my understanding. He said, okay, fled my heart, my imagination. Okay. And he began to help me imagine it. And they told me, he said, you know, you're like Shalice in a Jesus suit. Okay. It's like, I'm in Christ. And he's like, and it's, I'm in a Shalice suit. It's like a Halloween costume. Like you go to the spirit store. I know y'all have never been there, but... Like, you know, the spirit store where you go in and they have all those Halloween costumes, crazy. One of the, and there's a costume store downtown that, you know, you got, they're just crazy costumes. Except this one was a Shalice suit. And it, Jesus put it on. And now we're in the mirror, but it's not just me. It's Jesus wearing a Shalice suit. Wow. And then he's like, the next year, there's more to that, but the next year he had me another scripture for a whole year. This one was Ephesians 2. And it just said, verse 4, But God, who is rich in his mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So first it was Christ in me, the hope of glory. And now it was me seated in heaven, in heavenly places, in Christ. And the point is, it was Jesus in a Shalice suit wearing a Jesus suit. So Jesus was inside and outside. Inside and outside. Inside and outside. And... and some of the other things he taught me, he said, you know, because I guess I was also, you know, just by default, when I would think of Jesus in me, I would think of like the Jesus, the, you know, I wasn't thinking sweet baby Jesus. It didn't seem like, you know, baby Jesus was in me. But I was thinking still kind of earthly ministry Jesus. So maybe I'm thinking, you know, like Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee or Jesus causing the blind man to see or oh, I'm making a rap, you know, but I mean, just... I was thinking earthly ministry, Jesus. And, and so one day, it's like, Holy Spirit was like, you know, that's good. That's good. That's a good start. It's really encouraging. He's like, but that's not really accurate. That's not really the one that is in you. That's not really the one that is surrounding you, that you're wrapped up in. 
you got to kind of go to Revelation to see it. And Revelation is a revelation of Jesus, right? In chapter 1, he took me there, and it was like this, had me read this, I call it scary Jesus, because he's like, totally crazy man in this passage like john comes and falls at his feet right because he's just so overwhelmed by all of it and he's got hair that's white like wool right he's got eyes that are like fire fire eyes then he's got a face that's like the sun his face is shining like the sun like you can't even look at the sun and this is his face right his feet are like burnished bronze Wow. That's the guy. That's the guy. The preeminent one. The resurrected one. The glorified one. Is that so awesome? And you know, man, I just, something, talk about effortless. Like I, let's just say altar ministry (laughs) was not quite the same. You know, I would go to get gas. I'd just be getting gas in my car and I'm like heroin addicts would come up to your car, knock on your window. I mean, it'd just be like, I'd put a little finger out. Just totally delivered at an instant. Why? Because it wasn't me. Scary Jesus. It was scary Jesus, loose on the streets of Chicago. He was loose on the streets of Chicago, on the south side of Chicago. Here comes scary Jesus. Crack houses, ooh. Scary Jesus in a crack house. There's nothing else more fun. You haven't had fun till you're scary Jesus in a crack house. Effortless. Because, see, the seen realm's already crying out for it. Just the manifestation. Come on, church, wake up. Wake up, sons of God. Don't you see yourself? I see you. You're amazing. You're glorified. You're scary, Jesus. Wake up. No, the chair knows you. The chair recognizes you. The chair you're sitting in right now is trying to beat it out of your butt. Please, wake up, sons of God. Atoms, quarks, stars. They see you. They see you. See you. See you. Like Avatar. I see you. Right? The scene realm sees you. And so like you you start to experience the stuff and it's just it's like like John was saying, like milk's coming out of the walls and just crazy, crazy heaven invasion. Like creation doesn't know what to do. I get it's just so excited. I gotta get some milk out. I just gotta I gotta have some milk. I gotta milk. Milk, here's milk for you. Here's the milk of your promised land. You know what I mean? Like this crazy we should expect creation to just because it's what it's gotta get it's it's gotta manifest too. So it, it, it's like transforming in the presence of the Son of God. And just, of course, gold dust is going to show up. Of course. Of course. Like, Jesus. It's Jesus. And this is you. 
a theory. This is not a theory. This is not an intellectual dissertation. This is a, this is a, this is an identity. This is a core. This is a, this is the, 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 the starting point. This is the beginning. This is, this is where it begins. And unfortunately, like, do we, have, a lot of us haven't even heard the gospel. Much less be, that it's you. It's you. So see, first you gotta get the who is God thing. But then you can't get who is God without getting you. You can't. You can't. That's why Peter, you know, Peter and the boys are like, who, who do men say that I am? And they're just like crazy. People thought he was, I mean, like, come on, dead people? Like, you're Elijah. Right? One of the prophets. Like, these people had crazy ideas about Jesus. Like, I don't even know how you reconcile. Like, he's reincarnation now? That's what we believe? Right? And then Peter pipes up, right? Because but Holy Spirit, bam, gives them this knowing. You are Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus is like, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And he said, and thou art Peter. So he saw God. Bam! This is who I am. The revelation of Jesus always, always reveals who you are. And nothing else will. You will never find yourself outside of Christ because your life is hidden in him. You're in him. You got to dig in Jesus to get you. You got to... Look, there I am. Right? In his house, there's many mansions. That's not, I mean, you know, we're not going to be like a, you know, cribs in heaven. I mean, there might be. I mean, we can have whatever probably up there, but that's not the point. The point is, in the Father's house, there are many houses. Beautiful houses, rich houses, glorious houses. You're the house in the Daddy's house. You're the house in the Daddy's house. Jesus came to prepare a place for you, a dwelling place in Daddy, a house, a place, a home. You, where you belong, where you are perfectly accepted, perfectly loved, perfectly adored and known and accepted and, and, and encouraged in daddy, in daddy, in daddy, in, in, you're in, you're in the in crowd. You've been picked for the A team, the anointed team. Right? You're on, you're on, you're in. You're in. You're in. And here's the thing. I really believe with all my heart, it's not enough just to hear it. Because we do forget it. But you know, experiences are harder to forget. They're harder to forget. And think about it. The Bible is a, it's a book. It's a story about people's experiences with God. I mean, whether it's Moses and the bush, right? Or Paul on the road to Damascus, right? It's just stories. It's stories about how people experienced God. 
and we're still reading about them. And your life is a story. Your real life story is a story about the revealing of Jesus. That's your, your life story. Your true life story is about the same as Paul's. When it pleased God to reveal Christ in him. And then Paul's story is like, what happened after that? <laughs> like, what happened after Jesus? I got, after I woke up and I realized it, that I was in Jesus and Jesus was in me. And then, that, then it's like the story begins. And the story, you know, up to that becomes a part of the story. I love that song. I think it's by Stephanie Gretzwinger. I can never say her last name right. That he says, she says that, she says this one line in the song that I love that, and as we run, what hindered love will only become a part of the story. I think that's a beautiful line of redemption and restoration and the process of God just making all things beautiful. Everything that looked like an ash, just beauty. Just beauty. How are we doing on time? I'm just going to with that for a second. Put your hand on your glorious Christ-infused neighbor and just take a minute just to, like, recognize them <laughs> and drink from the Jesus in them. <laughs> Take a big log, take a big gulp. <laughs> uh, take a big gulp Woo! of the glory. <laughs> connect with it. Just connect with the glory that's in that beautiful, incredible, glorious Son of God. <laughs> Woo! Hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to do something here. You know, come out of that place. You can stay there. It works better when you're drunk. Right? I want to just kind of take you on like a little, I don't know, we're going to do a little Jesus experiential dealy here. We're going to experience union. Okay? So, so you're going to have to use your imagination. But before we start, I want to make sure everybody's imagination works. Okay, so we're going to start with something simple. Okay, I want you to imagine, you can close your eyes, you see better. Okay, just, I want you to imagine a cat. Like, look, just a cat. Okay, all right. Now, this is my question. Now you can open them because you, hopefully you got it. Now, see, now you can open your eyes, but you can still see the cat, right? You can still see the cat? Okay. So, what kind, like, did somebody have, like, a little kitten? Did anybody have a kitten? One kitten. Of course, Pam has a kitten, right? Okay, did anybody see, like, a lion? Oh, see, a couple people saw some big cats, all right? How many saw just, like, you know, a house cat, all right? The rest of them, everybody saw the house cats, right? So, did anyone not see a cat? Raise your hand if you did, were un- just couldn't see a cat. Okay, well, everyone here has everything you need to be able to do this activation, to be able to do this experiential deal, okay? Now, 
You're just going to follow along and you're going to let Holy Spirit do his thing. Well, just let me just pray the Pauline prayer over you to make it Bible official. So, Father, I pray right now that you would grant every person in this place (laughs) a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, the intimate knowledge, the personal knowledge, the experiential knowledge, the gnosko knowledge of you. And I pray that the eyes of their understanding, that their, their imagination would be flooded with light, so that they can know just like they know the color of their hair, the, the way it feels to be in their skin, Lord, that they would just know, I mean totally experientially forever know the hope to which you have called them, of Christ in them, of them in Christ of their union with God. And so, beloved, I just want you to just imagine yourself standing in front of a mirror. Now, this mirror can be any kind of mirror, but I just want you to kind of notice while you're there, standing there, like what kind of frame does it have? If it has a frame, it doesn't have to have a frame. Right? And, 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 and what room are you in? Like, where are you standing? Are you in the bathroom? Are you in some heavenly place? Are you in a forest? Where are you standing? Just kind of familiarize yourself with <laughs> just this place of this mirror. Okay? Now, you can just go ahead and look at yourself in the mirror. And my question is, what are you wearing? Or are you not wearing? What do you, what do you hear? What do you, what, what is Holy Spirit? Like, what are you seeing? <laughs> okay. Okay, now I just gonna just add something here. Let's just, let's just see Jesus step into the frame. standing maybe behind you or maybe he comes beside you. It doesn't really matter, but just let the beautiful one <laughs> just come in. Whew. I don't know, just, just grab his hand or let him put his arm around you. Just feel the touch. Just let Jesus touch you. Just let him just touch you. <laughs> And now just as you, however the Holy Spirit, however this happens, I just want you to meld into one. So melt into him, step into him, jump into him. However it happens, just let it happen. But just step in. And now just look at your reflection in Christ. You're in there, but it's Jesus standing there. 
and however it however it appears is fine. I mean, if you if you can't see yourself at all, if you're hidden in there, awesome. If if it kind of goes back and forth, and you can see yourself and see Jesus, it's it's really just this is yours. Now I just want you to get familiar for a moment with just his body. Like what it, I don't know, look at his feet and his hands and the price that he paid with these scars and there's a, there's a pierced side. Because you were crucified with him. You share in his suffering. You share. You're a partaker. These aren't just your hands. They're his hands and your hands. Your feet and his feet. You're his body. You're his, you're his body. You're a part of his body. You're a member. You're in his body. And now I just, I want you just to become aware of the idea that all of heaven is also in here. (laughs) This dimension of, just this dimension of all things in here, in Christ. And just let Holy Spirit take you wherever he wants to take you. It could be outer space. It could be. Anywhere, heaven, earth, anywhere, anywhere. And just here's thoughts. Just deeper, (laughs) just deeper, deeper, deeper. There's no separation. It's just an illusion. There's no separation in this realm and that realm. This is as much reality is where you are sitting in that chair.
Yeah. You know, beloved, you're not going to be loved any more than you are right this minute. You're perfect. You're righteous. You're holy. Because you're in him. Yeah. I'm going to kind of, I hate to do it, but I'm going to kind of rein you back just slowly. (laughs) Because I actually want to, I want to hear what some of you experienced. If you want to share it. Somebody want to, does anybody want to share? You want to share? Okay. I was sitting in front of a mirror in my room in the dorm when I was in college at Texas A&M where I sat to talk to myself because I was on the livestock judging team. And the coach told us to practice in front of a mirror. And I remembered it was the first time I saw that in between these two front teeth does not meet in between these two front teeth. So I was sitting there in my holy t-shirt, my jeans and my boots. And when you said, now see Christ there, he just made me beautiful. And I had on a like a prince's gown and it was I think mostly white or if not all white I'm not sure and some kind of a crown not a typical diamond or gold crown but something and then <clears throat> when you said go to I think you said go to heaven with him or go oh okay and so I saw him first step into me And then I saw myself dressed like he made me inside him. And then when you said go into the heavens. Okay. I saw him point up. And I became like a yellow. You know that thing that flies behind Superman? I was that. I don't know what that means. And he said, I love my world. He was pointing, he says, I love what I've created. Talking about the stars and the moon and everything that he's created. He said, I've wanted to do this with you for a long time. And then he said to me, you are a boxcar. I love trains and I love to see trains out in the country. And he said, and I thought about it. And he said, wherever I go, you're there. That's awesome. I think the thing I loved most about what you just shared was just the part when he said, I've wanted to do this with you for a long time. Yeah. 
Anybody else want to share? All right. So, um, about the part where I just awakened and seeing myself in Jesus and him and me, I could see my hands crucified, the holes in my hands, and the light of God coming out of it. And then at that point, he started kind of taking over, like doing little things to... So I was imagining that mirror, I was thinking we should go in that mirror, but... And then he kind of just took us in that mirror. <laughs> you in the mirror? Yeah. And uh, we were floating through, I don't know, space and time or something. And about the time I was bored because it didn't seem like I was going anywhere, uh, suddenly I'm seeing a picture of myself coming out of water like I'm this, um, well, it's been a thing he's been showing me lately, but I'm coming out like this gorgeous knockout model, beautiful woman out of the water uh, representing the bride of Christ and how he sees uh, me in particular as an individual as gorgeous and attractive, like, because... You know, we all have our taste, and obviously he's showing me, like, that's really, I'm, you're really attractive to me. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and then, to kind of top it off, he just gave me a full-blown vision at the very end of just, like, rolling hills with these beautiful trees all over him, which was the most peaceful part of it, I'll tell you the truth, because, yeah, 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 definitely, it was awesome. That's awesome. You know, um, you know, when I first, I'm just going to share this, when I first, you know, began like the Jesus suit and all that stuff, it was, it was a long time really before the Holy Spirit kind of surprised me with this like co-crucifixion thing. I was in worship one day. I was actually at some conference I was teaching right before I was about to be teaching or something. And I was just in worship and like all of a sudden I just like, oh my God, like I have these holes in my arms and my hands and my feet and you know at first like that it hits that little bit of that religious mindset you're like well who am I to have this in my body I'm not Jesus I'm not you know and you just kind of that was like kind of my first reaction but you know now I feel like it's something that because it is so easy to forget you know I see it all the time I mean I just be like cooking dinner (laughs) You know, just making tacos for the family or something. And it's like, these are supernatural tacos. Because I'm like, I'm co-crucified with Jesus, you know. Like, imagine Jesus making tacos in your kitchen for your kids for dinner. Like, how cool is that? Like, what kind of shakadikamaka is on that? You know, that taco meat. So I just, you know, I feel like there's something in, like, when you... It's just remembering. It's remembering. Right? Who else? Who else raised their hand? Cool. Um, well, since the beginning, you say imagine the mirror. I imagine the mirror, and it was with a golden frame. And it was in this park, like amusement park. It was very cool. So the mirror was inside of this... Um, House of Mirrors, but was a very tall mirror. Okay, cool. So I was there, and I saw myself dressed like I'm right now. And then Jesus came, and he was tall and big. And 
I came into him, it was like gooey, you know, like, <laughs> and he was very white, like supernaturally white. And I was, I could see myself in the mirror and it was Jesus, but also I could see myself in the middle of Jesus. So it was kind of translucent, but not completely translucent. And then I became to his size because before he was big and I was small, I became to his size. And I could see his hands were my hands and they had these translucent like holes. And I saw myself and I said, you are very white. And he said, yeah, you want to change it? Let's put some color, I said. So he was kind of tiny with a, with a tan. And then he, you said, go somewhere. So he start, we start flying. So we were flying over the tops of the mountains here in Colorado. It was cool. And then suddenly I had this physical feeling, okay, that we start expanding like the mountains were big when we were flying but then suddenly the mountains start becoming smaller and I realized it was as we were expanding and expanding and it was a feeling here I don't know if in my belly or in my chest and then I got scared and poof we came down (laughs) is that all? come on (laughs) that's incredible that's awesome yeah you know, the very first time I kind of experienced some of the stuff like this, it's pretty interesting to me because I feel like, you know, once you've experienced something, it's yours. And you can go back anytime. Like, it's not over just because we ran out of time in the little session here, right? This is your place. This is, this is, this is your place with Holy Spirit and the Father. You know, and you can, what can you see here? What can you experience here? What, what scripture can you learn here? You know? And there's a, I really believe with all my heart that there are keys in this thing that just renew our mind. They hit deep things. And I, I don't. Like, for example, there's a reason why you went back to your dorm room, right? And the first time you noticed something with your teeth. Like, why would he take you there? Like, that's so random, right? You know? And not that you even need to know, necessarily, but everything he's doing in these experiences are very thoughtful, They're thoughtful. And you know, it's also good, like our brother here, just to let go in this place. Like it's all, it's not all about necessarily the, the experience that you're having, although those are amazing. But I encourage you, like, you know, just set some time so that you can just enjoy your union. And enter into that trance and enter into that ecstasy and enter into that glorious place. Yeah? 
Okay, someone else wanted to share. I also was in a fun house and standing in front of a mirror. Um, and I was having a great time. I, I was completely distorted. My image was distorted, but to me it was hilarious. So I'm standing there laughing at myself. And Jesus comes up behind me. And he's laughing. He's like, yeah, that's really funny. That's cute. Puts his hands on my shoulders and this mirror suddenly becomes a straight mirror. And I'm in an incredibly lacy, old-fashioned wedding gown with my hair up like a Gibson girl or something. And his, his expression got sobered, not solemn, but just sobered. He's like, you know, it's okay to grow up. Let's go. And we went out on the street, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> ah, sleeping is holy. Yes, it's holy. You're allowed to sleep. <laughs> Rest is holy, isn't it? Rest is holy. Good for you. Good for you. Good. <sighs> So, I don't know, I, I, this activation or this whatever you want to call it, this little experiential thing we did, I really feel like the point of it is just to, I don't know, it's, it's to help answer this prayer from the Apostle Paul. You know, everything about the gospel is knowable. I mean, I know it's a mystery. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to know it all. We're going to ever know it all. But the Holy Spirit wants to manifest the truth of it in our minds. You know? And so I, I emerge, I'm going to come down and bring it back to that, is, is really, that's what it's about. It's about helping you experience the truth of the gospel, experience the truth of your union, experience the truth of your true identity in Christ. You know, that third question about why is really about, I believe, this is what I believe. I I mean, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but this is what I believe. I believe that every one of us has this unique flavor of the glory of God. You know, the psalmist wrote, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I think it takes the collective revealing of the body to fully reflect. And it's like ingredients in this beautiful recipe of goodness. And you have a flavor of goodness, of glory, the flavor that is supposed to be revealed through your life. Like for Rachel, she said, splendor, splendor, you know. And there's this, this, this why is kind of this, I feel like there's this, this part of God's DNA that you carry. It's just this unique, it's, it's unique, it's unique as your fingerprint. And, it, and it's, your why is not what you do, by the way. It doesn't matter what you do. Splendor can be released 
anywhere. It's not about what. You know? And I feel like that's another key thing about discovering God. I think some the knowledge of God comes when we enjoy the pleasure he had in creating us and the pleasure he has in revealing us and the pleasure he has in singing the song that he sang over us and sings over us. And it's a revelation of him to experience how he feels about you. Does that make sense? It's a revelation. Yeah, you know, like it's kind of like this when you pray for somebody. Have you ever prayed for somebody and just like felt the love of God for them and, and you're ministering to them and you're just overwhelmed by this gift of compassion and, and you, just, you just get so caught up in that. In that moment, you're experiencing the heart of God. You know, you're experiencing the emotions of God. You're experiencing the way he feels. His feelings, you're experiencing them. And it's powerful, right? I mean, like, it's such a high, you know, when you experience the feelings of God in ministry, you know. But there's an incredible, indescribable thing that happens when you feel the way he feels about you. You know, the brother here was talking about like this picture of this gorgeous woman. And because I felt like, you know, that's like God trying to help you feel, feel how he feels about you. And so he's giving you this image of this woman that would make you feel a certain way so that you could feel how he feels. Isn't that so cool? That God wants us to feel what he feels. Like, that is the coolest thing to me that I've ever heard. Like, that is the best news. I get to feel how God, I get to feel God's feelings. I get to feel the way he feels about other people. I get to feel the way he feels about me. I get to feel it. I get to feel loved. And the love that is over your life in the complexity of your creation and the complexity of how he created you and the the well thought out details of picking your eye color and 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 the just the pleasure the bliss that god gets from you i mean it wasn't like he was upset to spill his blood i mean i feel like that's the only price that could ultimately express how he feels about us. We were purchased, ransomed, not with gold, not with silver, but the blood of God, the blood of God. You know, and to feel that, to feel that, I just release that you feel that. You feel right now, right this second, you feel it. And Holy Spirit, just help them. Just let them do just whatever you need to do right now to just invade that. Let just their feelings. We just give you... F- ah. Hey! It's so cool to think you could hear God tell you why. Why did you create me? 
the way you created me, like what gets you most excited about being with me? What do you love the most about me? We're taught to always, it seems like we're always focused on what's wrong with us. You know? And that is so not the heart of God. That He feels what's right with you. And from his perspective, everything is right with you. <laughs> everything. You know that feeling when you look, when you get a new baby, like those little twins back there, and you look at their little hands, and you look at their little toenails, and their little bitty ears, right? And you smell that smell, that baby smell, that, I don't know if you don't have babies, but whatever that's, you know, just that, that little thing. Like I remember one time just looking at a chipmunk. Like a little chipmunk. I mean, I just stared at this chipmunk because I was just like, God, what kind of God are you? You make a chipmunk. Like, how can you make something that cute? Like, how can you think that up even? Like that little, he's the cutest little thing you ever saw. I have another story about this one guy. He was this worship guy and he used to go out on his balcony. I mean, this little, he was living in the woods up in the mountains and not a balcony. It was like a, I don't know, deck or whatever. And he would just worship and worship and all these little critters would come out from the forest and it was like Cinderella or Snow White or whatever. And like the little squirrel, the little chipmunk and the little deer would come out and the little black squirrel. And it was just like a Disney movie of worship with the creatures. You know, but I mean, I'm back to this little baby and just that, I'm just, I'm, I'm just the connection of how loved you are, how perfect you are, how glorious you are, how unbelievably incredible and unique and special by design, picked, chosen before time. You're a song. You're a poem. You're a work of art. You're God's art. The crown of creation. Made in his image. Taken out of him. To be put back in him. You have a why. There's so many whys. God has a million answers to your why. Why am I here? What a glorious question to hear Daddy answer. I'm going to wrap the last two up fast. Where am I headed? Well, all things are possible. And I kind of feel like if we really get this union with God, Jesus in us thing, does it even really matter? Because wherever it is, it's going to be Jesus. So 
to me, if like it's, you can go anywhere. I think we get really taught by religious spirit how to really get caught up with right and wrong, right and wrong answers, will of God, not will of God. I'm not saying that there's not a will of God, but I believe that there's a place of complete harmony and peace and union with God where desires are just totally mingled together and you're just free. You're free to follow the desires of your heart. You're free to to connect with the passion in your heart. You're free to do the things that are longings. I think that's incredibly good news. You're free to explore the those supernatural endowments that all of us have. You know, you see it in preachers because, you know, or you can see it sometimes in musicians. You can see it a gift. You can see the gift. I mean, even in people that don't know Jesus yet, I mean, you can just see this glory that is on them in this expressive way of something on their life. And dreaming, and I feel like sometimes people outside of the church do a better job of it than people in the church because we were so dummied down to think not big. It's like we're scared of the world. We're we're just so scared of so many things that we just don't give ourselves permission. And so we don't find, in my opinion, we aren't seeing enough people expressing the fullness of their gifting. And then that the final question, I, I could talk about this a lot more, but, you know, how do we get there? You know, in Emerge, there's a lot of practical stuff, too. I mean, you know, in the same way you have mindsets about yourself and limitations in the way that you think about God, there's a whole lot of other things we think wrong about. Finances, the mind of Christ and money, right? And where you headed is a lot about stepping into a place where you're, you're just taking the limitations off. And you don't really have to know a whole lot except the next step. Life in the spirit is just lived one step at a time. But it all really comes back to that place where you're living from a oneness with God. But let me just kind of pray here, just to close it out. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Yeah, Father, I just thank you that what we experience today is real and it belongs to us 
Our union is ours. Our oneness with you is ours. It belongs to us. You, you are ours and we are yours. The beloved is mine and I am his. We are one. And Father, I just pray that Holy Spirit would continue to unpack and just teach and unravel and renew and release and just totally based us, just based us with experiential knowledge with experiential knowledge of the gospel of Jesus in us, of us in him, of what the fullness of the Godhead is, what it means, (laughs) what it feels like. And I thank you that it's just going to be made more personal and personal and intimate. And it's just established. It's getting established in the depths of our rooted in the subconscious mind, just deep, 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 so that it becomes a way of being. I just release that as a way of being, Daddy. Just a way of being. Just a way of being. Renewed minds. Brand new core identity beliefs. By your grace. By your doing.